life on the road. It's bees, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and bees, fights, candle flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette, <laughs> drunks in the front, making out for your set, and middle acts doing blow more, missing merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon. Ah, uh, because two L's would be Belford. It would be ridiculous. <laughs> Do you know Fred Belford? No, but I get mail from the Belfords of Amer- of the world. Do you? And I guess there's like 1.7 million of them or something. Belfords or Belfords? Maybe that maybe I exaggerated that number. <laughs> the single L's or the Belfords have the single well, we don't, Is there a rivalry between the, the single L's? You know, <laughs> been, um, you guys must have been of the same family at one point. You split. I think, <laughs> I, this is the theory I've come up with. I think we used to make bells, right? And so that maybe you would make a bell and a Ford. <laughs> Right, and so we were yeah. the, the Bell Forders. Maybe you're Henry, part of Henry Ford's family. It would the make Bells, more sense if the it was Bell, Bell Forge. Yeah. They merged. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you, if your family split over the decision to spell with one L or not, like half the family went. Well, what yeah, happened? You had to go with the Bells. Would you go with the, sing, to, the Bells or the Fords? I think they got done building all the churches, so they didn't need Bells anymore. And so they just turned them over and started making whiskey or scotch. And, <laughs> so you're, I, I, and then the family split up. I'm not um, sure, but I think they're probably still making churches. Oh, yeah. So you came from a religious family that turned alcoholic, is what you're saying? Yeah, I think that's... You are of Irish background? Yeah, I'm Irish. Okay. Uh, Irish and a lot of... Th- I'm just... I don't know. I don't know what I am. <laughs> I got freckles. <laughs> All good uh, religious people turned alcoholics. Thanks for tuning in to the Road Stories yeah. podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Murray Valeriano, coming to you from a beautiful sunny day in Southern California. I'm still a little sick, so bear with the sniffles uh, and the cough I'm going to be having. And uh, speaking of sick, if you want to hear me really sick and a drunk Pat Francis discuss music, listen to this week's episode of Rock Solid Podcast. It was a lot of fun. He was drunk and I was sick, so there's a lot of coughing and burping on that episode. And I'm just going to go right into it. Uh, Today, no real announcements up front. Uh, If you haven't liked this on the Facebook page, please do that. And uh, write a review on iTunes. I haven't had a review in a while. And uh, for those of you who wrote them, I appreciate it. And thanks. And it really does help the podcast. So if you could take time out of your busy schedule, two minutes, write a review, give us five stars. That would be awesome. First sniffle of the podcast, right there. <clears throat> very professional, man. I like how you run things around here. <laughs> it was a tight sniffle. I think if it was me or Bombo's pill podcast, we would just like start like by talking about like some <laughs> some Last one of our names. friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we would just we would never get the the work done. You know yeah. what I mean? I think we would just be like, yeah, I'm, yeah, man. I'd probably still be getting stoned if it was my podcast. <laughs> it was probably would have supposed to happen Wednesday, and I'd be like, you guys can stay as long as you want. We'll get it done eventually. But can we talk about drugs on this? You can talk about whatever you want. Oh, all right, yeah. okay. I don't talk. It's, med- it's medicine. No, I understand. You you have a sickness. It's cool. Yeah. Um. So all right. So some first of all. Thank you guys for coming. Uh, I've been trying to schedule Sammy on this thing for a long time. Um, a little backstory here. I don't know either of these guys personally. I just met both of them today as they came up to my house 40 minutes late. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> he had to say that. He had, <laughs> he had to mention it. But here's the deal. Ooh. All right. So Sammy, it's first up is Sammy Obeyed joins us. Thank you very much. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Let me tell you how I learned about Sammy. Uh, somehow we became friends on Facebook, like all comedians do eventually. It'll just be all comedians 
on Facebook and mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. Uh, but I never really paid much, you know, just another maybe a post here or there or something like that. Then I saw he was doing these thousand day of stand up. And then I thought, ah, he's probably just bouncing around from open mic, open mic. I don't really know this guy. I never heard of him. It can't be that good. Right. And you, were, you were right. I think you nailed it. <laughs> he nailed it. Bouncing around from open mic, open mic. I was doing that. I'm always hating myself. <laughs> thousand reps ain't going to make nobody good at anything. <laughs> And then I caught him on. I caught him doing a set on Conan, and uh, was really blown away, man. It was probably one of the fa- best sets I've seen in like the last year. Oh, and I'm thanks, not blowing man. smoke up your ass because I've had plenty of people on Conan who have eaten it. So it was very good. I'm like, I got to get this cat on the show, man. I got to get them oh, talk thanks, about the thousand man. days. Oh, I think that's amazing. And then it took us about what a year to schedule to this? schedule, yeah. Because yeah. you do you live up north? Year and forty I, minutes. I, I no, I'm I I. <laughs> I technically live here, but I'm I tra- travel a lot. I'm on the road a okay. lot, so I haven't been here a lot in the last few months. And I also, you know, nobody else was asking me to do podcasts, so it's just like I didn't know how it works you know, nowadays. Well, I said, hey man, uh, finally got you scheduled. Bring somebody, uh, bring somebody, whoever you travel with. Bring somebody, whoever you want. I chose I chose Bombo Belford for, for a couple reasons, you know. Okay. Um, First of all, we've been on the road together. Perfect. That's, you know, so that. is Valley Drew. Love it. Bombo is a classic example of a road warrior. He lives on the road. Well, he skaggles, as they call it in Minnesota. I Whoa, it's skaggles? It's skaggles yeah, or something. Skaggles, something like that. Well, we're not really sure what they told him, but, they, but they, I think they, we think they call it skaggling. All right. They said, oh, you're, you're skaggling now, weren't you there, there? But thirdly, Bombo Belford is a great guy. He'll talk up a storm. He'll, ta- he'll tell you a story. And, you know, you think, why would you bring him on the podcast? He's going to steal your thunder. No, I'm, you know, I'm a pretty antisocial guy, so I have Bombo here to oh, carry the weight. Right. Oh, okay. you know My I mean? secret is I never stop talking. I just point it at different people. You know <laughs> what I mean? Just, so that's how I get through it. I don't know. I've never really been on a podcast that I enjoyed before, and I'm enjoying this so far. Oh, well, so good. We're five much. minutes, 29 seconds in. And Sammy, fun thanks for bringing starts. me, man. Bombo is a very there. appreciative. He's always, you know, he's always thankful. I don't know. Maybe he acts different towards other people. <laughs> he <laughs> no. out other people. He's just like, fuck you. No. But he always seems happy, man. I think that's why he's doing well. He's, he's well, happy. happy. I, think, I think you're doing great, man. Yeah, I saw a clip. Uh, I looked you up uh, today uh, just before you came on, a, a clip of uh, the Purple Onion. Very funny. Purple Onion. He's really. Yeah. Is it? Is it open again? Purple Onion. Uh, they opened it at different venues. I don't it's think like it was a strip the same. mall or something. But is it yeah. still the Purple Onion? Is yeah, they have like the Purple Onion at Kells, which is another bar down the street. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so I know it's the Purple Onion will stay alive. We won't let the, okay. the dream die. I love that club. Is that it still going to be? Because Largo has kind of lost some of its charm since it moved down here. Is oh, it moved? I didn't know it moved. Largo yeah, moved. the Purple Onion going to keep its charm or? When did Largo move? Well, like two years ago. Oh, oh, oh. From the oh, old Largo. Not oh, the old I didn't know. I didn't know yeah. that. Okay, okay. Gotcha, well, I gotcha. think the Purple Onion, I think that name's pretty well known So yeah. I mean, as a brand name. It yeah. spread because they called it the le- the historic. They called it the historic Purple Onion. The oh, building okay. itself, that yeah. old musty basement, I mean, you can't replace that. No, you know, no. What was that, like a 70-year run or something they had there? The, yeah. I love like, a good musty basement. Like Phyllis Diller's. Phyllis Diller's. It was where I did my, I did my second stand-up gig there at the Purple Onion. Oh, really? Well, not my second. It was like my fourth, but All it right. felt like my second. I love yeah. a good musty uh, basement for stand-up. I like, I like to go and work Vegas, and there's like, ah, smoke. I love the smell of smoke in a, in a club. Yeah. Do you, are and you a smoker yourself? Do you smoke no. Cigarettes? And then five minutes later, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of cute at first. Yeah, it's, a, it's the it's, smell of freedom that you love. Yeah, it's, it's the smell it's of the, yeah, you know, America, yeah, it's the Bill of Rights. Grandpa didn't share. He was a, he was a rebel. Yeah, yeah. You know, he so. rode horses. <laughs> you know? I could smoke if I wanted to. That's that's that feeling. I think. You know, you know me and Bombo like it. You know, 
me and Bamba were uh, we have a road story already. We were at a retirement home yesterday. You worked a retirement yeah, home yesterday. Well, worked. Yeah, we did work. We got paid five dollars each. Nice. Yeah. yeah, that's about what you'll get. I I got paid eight dollars at the Improv the other night. Well, and I was yeah. like, well, a when did you cut the uh, money? And B wait five dollars each. I thought that was twenty percent. Thanks, Sammy. 50%? $5, man. Yeah, of course, man. I thought you were mad at me. Retirement home. How did it go? I walkered the crowd, so. (laughs) (laughs) Sammy was mad at me. Thank you. Are we done yet? (laughs) I brought him here. I set him up. Let him roll. Thank you, Sammy. Thank you. Bumbo, bumbo. Soft pitch right there. Yeah. (laughs) That's Uh, awesome. How how was it? Well, I mean, I think we did a fantastic job. It was spiritually rewarding. I can tell you that. To make some people who might not have smiled in a while... Unfortunately, because it takes a lot of energy to smile. Yeah, it takes a lot. It takes a lot to get noise out of them. So uh-huh. you can't go there with expectations of applause breaks. I mean, they did. They hardly knew what to do in terms of clapping their hands. And being, but the but Bombo trained them. And they got there eventually. Yes. Their Bombo is perfect for I a told time. Them that home. they were a good crowd, even though they weren't uh, the loudest crowd. Yeah, but that's not important. That they were very. There was a few people who were really into it, just like a comedy show, and you yeah. really just played to them. And then you realized afterwards that there were a few people who had like dementia to where. They thought you were their like this one lady thought I was her son, mm-hmm. and you know after like the third time trying to explain it to her, I just you know told her have a great day, and I just I didn't understand that at first. Right, right. <laughs> so, are, you, are you Bernie? <laughs> I should change the name. But, and so, I she didn't laugh the whole time, but then I didn't feel as bad about it because I I don't know. If, her son was probably a prick. Some of them just weren't as coherent as you would. Um, it was. But you kind of kind of have to guess that going in, right? Yeah. I mean, I, my mom worked in a nursing home growing up, so I know what I would probably be getting into. I didn't know. I, I had no idea. I'm all, almost stoked to get like that uh, that old now because I didn't know you get to go to like some reverse high school and just party all the time. <laughs> Is that what happens? Yeah, they got coffee. They got bingo. I mean, there was like bingo games reverse going Reverse high school. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's like 28 women when, to one male. It was so. a high. It was a lot of women in there. Mm-hmm. I did read that uh, there are a lot of STDs going around. Uh, not necessarily... Uh, Old folks' homes, but like old folks' villages, mm. like the, the the younger old folks. Yeah, the younger old, like Leisure World down in yeah, Southern yeah. California. Where yeah, because there's a lot of STDs because they're like sixties. Yeah, they've they been had a plenty anymore. of time. There's, you know, all the, you hear the statistics, like you know, one out of five people has an STD or something like yeah, that. Yeah. It's like at some point you're going to get one if you, you know you're sixty, and then it's like we're almost on the way out. Who gives yeah, a yeah. shit? You know, I think uh, when I'm sixty, I probably have a higher chance to get an STD because I'm going to sleep with a ton of prostitutes. So. Yeah. That's gonna, you know. Once, <laughs> All right, Bombo. Once, yeah. Once the old label. Letting them saying, know. It's, it's Letting them know the plan. It's yeah, the same all, thing. Man. We all need a it's life the same plan, thing, man. right? <laughs> it's the same thing. You won't care anymore. You like a made sixty. Right. I'll probably go back to doing drugs. Just move to Mexico, <laughs> do drugs, and yeah. have sex with prostitutes. That's Fourth reason I brought Bombo. He's an honest man. San Diego. <laughs> he won't hide his secrets plan. from you. Uh, fifth. Honestly, I've never been with inspiration to young people. I've never been with a prostitute. <laughs> I haven't. I got scared. I couldn't. I chickened out. He one tried. Time. He cried. He tried. Didn't well, I didn't know she's gonna be ugly as hell, bro. So, did you meet her last night at the uh, old folks' home? You know, the I was media in Boston and someone brought me a prostitute. The media like, glamorizes prostitutes. She they they make prostitutes look like you know. Played video games with <laughs> hearts of gold. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the media. You know, it's always setting example for for young girls, even prostitutes. You know what I mean? So, who booked the? Uh, uh, gig last night, the retirement home. Well, I, that was um, that was the work of 
my uh, my assistant basically. Okay. He um, he uh, found these places, retirement homes. We were originally trying to do sober homes, uh-huh. and then he found out the retirement homes were being receptive to the idea of having a comedy show. Oh, cool! So, um, we we booked one in Torrance uh, mm-hmm. last week. I wasn't there, but they pulled the plug on it. Was that a retirement? Oh, home not, or a a good, not a good phrase. <laughs> <laughs> not a good phrase for sorry. Home. I was gonna say fun intended, <laughs> but I phrase. think we all oh, knew no. the answer. Uh, so you know, it was, uh, it was uh, but it was. It, I didn't get to do it, but I did this one, and this one was fun. We oh, had good. a great time. That's that was excellent. amazing. I was really nervous going in, and yeah. I had a great time. And I, I learned that you just have to like. For me, I just had to keep it really short. Yeah, you know, really short jokes, and then they liked it. Are there any restrictions on topics? Like, can you not swear? Or you told us to keep it clean, somewhat clean. I went PG imagine. clean because I didn't know. I mean, yeah. I may have mentioned. Alcohol and mm-hmm. that's as dirty as I got. Is oh, okay. but I alcohol. mean, and alcohol is totally fair game. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. sure. But I, but me as the host, I'm just going Disney clean. He did, oh, he did yeah, he did a great, great really, job. And then he that's threw a good one call in the for middle. any host, by the way. Yeah, just you know, you threw the, you let threw the headliner get you threw the risque right. one in the middle though. Yeah, I did throw the risque <laughs> one. <in the> <laughs> for a PG. Yeah, Disney. yeah, it was. Yeah, got to keep them on their toes. Yeah, yeah, it involved monogamy and other. It challenged the notion of monogamy, if you will. Yeah, it was it was over it was out there on the edge, man. <laughs> so a thousand days of comedy. You did a thousand nights, right? Yeah. In a row. How many years is that? One, two, three, three uh, years? It was almost three. It's two and three quarters okay. on the nose. This is not a math podcast. No. We don't need to. But, two, but imagine, too. I mean, math. it could have been, t- it could have been anything else. But it was Sammy's two and three quarters of a year. Turns, uh, most things into mathematical expression. Oh, well, okay. you know, sometimes you see things, you have to note them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, yeah. how, first of all, how did you get the idea to do that? What, or was there a reason behind it? Um, no. Uh, you know, I'm trying to find the most refined way of explaining this. Okay. But basically, I just started saying, hey, I'm going to get up every night until I can't, until I can't keep it going. Sure. Kind of a thing, just like, I want to get good fast. Yeah. And I, I, I probably first expected that I would do like a month. Mm-hmm. And then after I made it a month, I'm like, I'm just going to keep going. And then people, I, I told a few people I was doing this, mm-hmm. like mics and stuff. And then like people were like, you should, do a, you should just go do a full year. You know, I was like, 365 days of comedy? That sounds really cool, 365 days of comedy. So I did it. I went all the way to 365. It was hard, like in the 200s, 300s. But I made it, and I was like, boom, this feels great. On the 365th day, I'm doing a private show in Napa. Mm -hmm. It's Christmas Day. That was the I started the day after Christmas on 2010, and Christmas Day 2011 was my 365 day. Big celebration. was wearing a suit. had uh, local press, the press of Vallejo. It's a okay. small town sure. in California, no, but it was a big deal at the time. Yeah, yeah, no. You know, I was in the, slow, the San Jose Mercury News and all this stuff, and my parents got, you know, they saw 365 days ago. I thought it was a world record. Hey, I'm sorry, don't interrupt. Yeah. Don't lean back onto that. Bumbo, always. Sorry, <laughs> if I don't break something. I know, it's because the chair is broken. How I don't want to go down. Here. Reason number right. five, always causing some shit. <laughs> Remember, I, I stumble, I, I don't fall. <laughs> So, so 365, I'm, awesome. three, I'm on my 365 day, you know, the big celebratory day. And, you know, I, I, I thought this was a world record. I tried to get it in the Guinness Book, mm-hmm. but they rejected. The, they had to pay uh, like $100,000 to get make it a record. I didn't have the money. So they Jeez. rejected the idea of uh, like recording it without me paying. So 
whatever. I was like, all right, it's going to be a world record on my own thing. Three, day 365, I'm on my way to this gig in mm-hmm. Vallejo. I'm driving in my car, wearing my suit, you know, checking Facebook to see how many people liked my, you know, did 365 days of comedy right. posts, you know. And then some guy messages me on Facebook, a guy who I'd never even met in my mm-hmm. life, a little comic from SAC. He's like, hey, man. I heard that Hal Sparks, you know Hal Sparks, he's a comedian. Hal's my old writing partner. I heard that Hal Sparks once did two years in a row. What you're doing is not a record. And I was like, why would God drop this bomb on me (laughs) on day three? You know what I mean? Like, who hates me? Yeah, yeah. Big man upstairs, you know, who hates me? What made you decide that one year was the record? Well, what made me originally think that one year was the record? That I'd asked everybody I knew oh, right. <laughs> if, if they'd heard of anybody doing this, and it was like, no, that's the first time I heard of it. Right, right. I had the fucking wrong friends, I guess. Yeah, you know what stupid I mean? internet. So you know, your friends. Yeah, exactly. I searched the I searched the internet. It's a streak of doing comedy. Nobody <laughs> and Guinness three sixty four, and there was no record in the Guinness book. So sure. I was like, you know, so day three sixty five, and then I hear that, and I'm like, fuck. I'm, so I'm I'm googling Hal Sparks, and if I'm looking everywhere, I can't find it. Finally, I look on his blog, mm-hmm. and he's like. Yeah, one time I did uh, comedy every night for two years in a row. Mm-hmm. That's right. Even um, you know Sundays and holidays. I was like, damn it. All right, okay, fine. So I'm at this gig on my 365 day. They're like the press is there taking pictures. Right, right. Everybody's like, give it up for Sammy's world record. I'm like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I do the show and it's great. And I go, I'm feeling great. I fucking like I, I, the show just goes so good. Yeah. That I'm like, it was it was like this guy who it was Christmas Day. This guy who mm-hmm. like owns a vodka company. So the family was wild. It was like a Christmas party slash birthday. And my opening line was, today we're celebrating, because Christmas. I was like, today right. we're celebrating the birth of a man who turned water into vodka. Yeah. And everybody was like, <laughs> yeah! <laughs> so that was a, it was a good time. And I, I got off stage. I was like, you know what? Maybe I could do two years in a row. Maybe I could yeah. try and, and match Hal Sparks. But I'm just going to match his record, you know? Because I've never done, I don't feel like I've ever done anything in my life that was like a world record. Not right. that everybody has to do that. But I feel like maybe if I could try to do it, I was like, I could probably do another year. Okay, then how much more would I do? And I thought about it for. A few, I just kept doing. I kept going. I just sure. kept going, and I thought about it for a few days. And I was like, like, what if I went to a thousand? Like, how long would that be? That would that would be less than three years. Wouldn't mm-hmm. be a full three years. It'd be more than two years. You know, thou- and thousand days of comedy. That kind of rings off the tongue. You yeah, know? yeah, I'm thinking about this in like the late three hundreds. And then I'm finally like, you know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna. And then I started like I just kind of repeated in my head thousand days of comedy, thousand days of comedy, and I just kept going, kept going. Until it became, I actually put it out there more on social media and stuff near the end Uh and tried to build a buzz. I got a publicist. Oh, cool. And like, you know, and people the whole time people like, why are you doing this? You like some people like, like it was half and half. Some people like, man, that's so cool. And some people like, why are you doing this? You know, but it ended up getting me on TV. It got me like manager, agent, mm-hmm. like got people's attention. It's yeah, like yeah. here in LA, sometimes you just gotta create your own buzz, they say. Sure. But it's like you gotta do something crazy. Like you gotta run around with your head cut off to get people's attention. Right. And that was my example of doing that. I mean, it started unconsciously just as a thing to get better. So it was always like a, it was like a win win thing when I thought of it, you know? But at the same time, I mean, like I ended up facing a lot of strife during it, like the stress and all that shit. I was like, the whole time I was questioning myself, why the, why the fuck am I doing this? Sure. But. I just kind of had the thing in my head, thousand days of comedy, set my mind on it, and just pretend like it was non-negotiable mm-hmm. to, to do my best to get there. And then that's what I basically did. That's great. The rest of the streak, yeah. Two things. I think it's awesome. I'm not. Thanks, I'm man. on that side of the fence. And the second thing is, I'm glad it was an impetus. The House Spark story, but I don't mm-hmm. believe he did 200 days. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, you know. Honestly, I back check. I fact checked him. Me, I'm not gonna believe nobody without fact. I saw, you know, my thing is, I just saw him like day seven, nine, five, wherever, and like, <laughs> and I'm like, what? Are you, 
I'm like, look, if anybody sees me here, okay, and then Sammy's there. I'm like, okay. If anybody recognizes me, my name is Carl Greenberg, all right? And, and then Sammy's there. He's headlining. I'm like, Jesus, Sammy. You know, I How mean, did you find this shit? I didn't even care. Like, you know, whether it's like whether House Sparks did it or not, I don't right. even care. If someone out, someone's out there saying they did that much time, and I don't know. But like along the way, there was a couple people who were like, I don't think what you're doing is a record. I think there's people who've gotten up, you know, especially in New York where everybody's working. I was like, I don't care. I mean, I'm yeah, talking man. about it. You know what yeah. I mean? And and then I stopped. And eventually, I just stopped calling it a world record and just started calling it Thousand Days of Comedy. Mm-hmm. I was like, world record or not, whatever you yeah, want it to like be, I, it's a thing that I did. Yeah. yeah and now I'm, I'm making a documentary about it, writing a book on it. I was going to ask if you so, uh, if you documented any of it. I I started the documentary and uh, day, day nine hundred and ninety nine. <laughs> no, it was day. <laughs> 700 okay. it literally took me that long because for the longest time you know i'm lazy i don't i'm not good with cameras so mm-hmm. i never i wasn't like bringing out camera pointing it at my face the whole time or you know i could I, I didn't have the money to like bring someone along and pay them right you right. know because I, I just moved to la i had no money i was eating peanut butter out of a jar like sure. i didn't have anything so i was just like all right well um, like I'm just gonna keep putting feelers out there. Anytime mm-hmm. I meet someone, like, hey, you know, I'm doing this thing. If you ever want to come and kind of document it, <laughs> it was kind of weird. And until finally, like, after it got a little bit of like people in my community, local community knew it, especially mm-hmm. in SF, from the the Bay Area community. Sure, one, sure. Some guy Wait, referred me you? to a guy who just moved here. Um, a few years ago from Texas he's this like up and coming film guy and he didn't have any other projects he was working on it was like a perfect match he was right. like oh man I would love to do that and then so we you know we bonded we became good friends over the course of the last 300 days mm-hmm. but that's basically what we documented and I mean believe me there was enough in 300 days <laughs> to, to last a, lo- a shitty documentary Dude, you know what I mean so <laughs> so I mean is you, you know so I think it would have been a good documentary Oh yeah, man. Would have one. Jo- one joke. <laughs> I hope it will be. One it's jo- coming out. It's being worked <laughs> wow, on. Wow, thumbs as down we from, speak. from I'm already. <laughs> I'm just I, hey, no, hey. I'm saying if you had filmed every single set and you had like one joke. Oh right, right. Well, no, you know, not yeah. Saying the and, then, and then people not be good. I'm and saying. then people will ask, well, like you know, if it's if you don't feel like it's really official until you do it that way, where you document it the whole time. It's like, would you do it again? The Thousand Days of Comedy? I'd you, say, fuck no. Unless like there was like a m- major endorsement from like, you know what I mean? Like, sure. All the networks, NBC, CBS, ABC got together and said, hey, we're going to just air you 24 hours yeah. on our show. That's I'd what like, it would take yeah, to do I'll another do yeah, Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so were they, was it just varied? Like your spots were from like guest spot to host to yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. feature I, to headline? I did I mean, all sorts of things. It was, it was like real, real good. Good shows, real bad shows, sure. shows with a lot of people, shows with not too many people. You know, open mics. There were times where open mics counted as a as a set, and yeah, the yeah. reason being, it's like you can be in a in a strange city in America where there's no show. Say your show gets canceled, and that suddenly that's your fault. Yeah. Your streak ends because your show get canceled. No, you have to make something happen. You have you might have to get up with an open mic, and it happened a bunch of times. Sure, I and bet. there was times I even had to create my own show, but I, I had I had rules to not abuse that. Like I didn't. I was doing this more for myself Mm -hmm. and I think the realization I had that realization it was on day 169 I was in the San Francisco Bay Area where the only place to get up on most Sundays is at the San Francisco Punchline yeah they have a Sunday showcase and I'm really in it's like my home club Mm -hmm. but like you're not always guaranteed a spot it's a very fair process and I'm not a pushy guy (laughs) I don't like being pushy so I go there I was, was was expecting to go up and I didn't get up 
And I, I um, so I left. I was like, you know, I was like, shit, I got to figure out something to do. Mm-hmm. Some guy said, hey, there's an open mic in Oakland. I drove across the bay to Oakland. It was like this chat, this boarded up place. It didn't even exist anymore. I go back to the city. It's 1130 p.m. And I'm thinking like, fuck, like, honestly, if I just tell people I did a set tonight, like, who's really going to find out? Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, I want to make it to 365 days, but, like, I'm not going to get a set anywhere tonight. Like, this is, like, this, I'm just going to, if I lie, you know, nobody would know. I could be like, oh, yeah, I got up in San Jose. I'm thinking this to myself. And I'm like, but then I was like, how the fuck could I live with my, I, could, I can't even live with myself, like, knowing right. if I hear that I'm, I, you know, I'm. A, that's my assistant, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah, this come on in, man. Regan. Um, I was like I, I, I was like I don't think I could live with myself like claiming that I did this thing and skipped a night. Sure, I yeah. had like a moral conflict right there in the car at eleven forty-five p.m. And then right as I'm thinking this, I drive by this bar that I'd once done an open mic at, mm-hmm. and I was like, I could probably go ask the owner. I, I remember I met the owner. So I go in there. I go up to the bartender. The owner's not there. I'm like, I have a really strange favor to ask. Can you put me up and let me perform for these like seven people here? I know there's probably a mic and sound system in the back. She's like, let me go get the owner, Ray. So Ray comes out. He's like, hey, yeah, I remember you from the open mic. And okay. I was like, he's like, sure, I'll put you up. So I go up there and I announce like, hey, hey guys, I'm doing this thing where I have to perform every night for 365 nights. I just hope I just want to take a few minutes of your time mm-hmm. and perform. Like it's like 11. 50 at this point right right 55 oh, like the man. last under the wire the like i didn't have a i didn't have specific rules about time but i wanted to be make sure that i got my set before midnight every mm-hmm. every night and, and i and i did that so uh the, the show turns out to be great like more people stroll in and they let's be let's be perform for an hour oh great so it's like you could say that impromptu show that i you know happened to put together at last it became a show that was better than a lot of the fucking shows I did the whole yeah, thousand yeah. days. So it was like, it's hard <laughs> It's hard to say, you know, like open mic, create your own show, what's a real show, what's not. But I was very fair about identifying what the what the boundaries are for it to be called a show. Mm-hmm. I, could, I can't just run up to people on the street and say, hey guys, oh, yeah. I'm telling jokes. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. on a plane, like, hey everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I made some rules and I, you know, and I... That's great. I, lo- I love the hustle of putting that show together, man. Uh, how awful would it be if some fucking bad comic got on the loudspeaker on a six-hour flight to New York and started doing? Oh my God! Ride Southwest. That's how they do it. The whole <laughs> oh time. yeah. <laughs> hey, as long as they pay me, bro, I don't care. I'll do it. <laughs> what? Uh, uh, were you able to take friends out with you sometimes? Oh yeah, yeah. No, totally. I had like, a lot of uh, maybe Bombo? friends. Friends and uh, yeah, me and Bombo. It's I mean, a, I don't know what day numbers, but I was probably. On I could probably look them up, show. but you know, I think um, one mo- a notable one we did a, a weekend in Seattle, like right in the middle of it, like five day five hundred. That was awesome. Forty or something like that. Uh-huh. Thank five, you for that again. The too, that was great. Um, yeah, so me and Bombo, we did a little weekend in Seattle, and Bombo was living out of his car. Well. I call it on the road. Skaglin. He was skaglin. 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 Where were you guys at? The underground? You know, I was the underground. underground. The Seattle underground in Seattle. Awesome. I was living yeah. out of the tent in the trunk of my car. Let's be yeah. accurate. <laughs> just kidding. But I uh, know some. Hey, cool I go man, on, I'm like you know. I'm just like a ground. I go on the road with it. I like diesel cars because I can run them on food stamps. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't mind if I grab another one. No, go ahead. There's. Yeah. So I should have brought more down there. Sorry. I would love a water. Thank you. Um, actually, I. Sam, I don't know if I told oh, you, yeah, but I was going to um, I was gonna do a thousand days of comedy myself, <laughs> but uh, I don't have that kind of time, so I'm going to do it on Mercury, 
And I think the days are only. You're like gonna eight do hours. what? What'd you I'm say? Do it on planet Mercury. The days are like eight hours long. <laughs> bang them out. One, two, That's three. That's that man. That's the new joke. I've then not then heard that one. <laughs> then there's uh, no reason go why you shouldn't do a thousand in one days. Yeah, and so you could well because I, if I was gonna do that, I would just do a thousand, but I would do it on Jupiter. It was like 120 years long. <laughs> one day is like 120 years long. And you, have, you, you don't get extra points, points for being a nerd. This is a math okay. joke. This is a math. That's math. a math uh, slash science. <laughs> joke science joke, people. It's not all math. Where are you from, Bumbo? I'm from Arizona. Ah, that's yeah. a good state. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to take your word for it. Some of the, yeah. Did you get started? Uh, what do we got What do we got in there? We got the Tempe Improv? Yeah, it's good comedy. good comedy state. It is. Yeah. It's a hot, hot, hot state, and I don't do very well. My parents are always like, why, why aren't you behaving? And I'm like, why are you raising me in an oven? Mother, I'm a freckle-faced, fair-skinned Irish lad. And you're, you're raising me in 120 degrees, wondering why I'm always in a bad mood. Like, I don't know. What you, just, you think lobsters are going to uh, do very good out here in this weather? Because You don't do good in hot weather, man. It's hot today, and you showed it's up like, in a jacket. It's like throwing in a lobster in a pot, and it's like I'm putting Ritalin in. I don't know why you're still screaming. It's just like I don't know. Lobster seasoned with Ritalin in some weird pot in the desert. Right. Can I please see a winner once in my life? Oh man! So now I just I do not do hot weather. I just chase I chase spring for reals. Yeah. I just live wherever the weather is good. Nice. I don't care. Are you out here now? Yeah, I'm out here now. I mean, I, right now I'm just rebuilding. Um, I like I like to keep like six cars. Mm-hmm. So that way, if I lose a car, I can just go get another one. I don't have to miss any gigs, you know. So I'm just buying um some old like classic cars right now and fixing them up roadworthy so that I can. Uh... Yeah, it's kind of what I do too. Really, you're like a car guy. Well, yeah, I drive around the country doing comedy. I don't give any plane tickets, so um, dude, I'll drive if I don't have to fly. If it's if it's, yeah, if it's within San Francisco, uh, Vegas, and Mexico, I'm driving. I don't yeah. Care. I'll I don't drive. know what you guys are talking about. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, mean, I plane. would. Trust me, I would fly. I would fly, but you know, uh, I mean, you know, the, some of the some of the work I do, you know, you gotta. Um, you know, sometimes you get beer. Some of the work I do. Yeah, what are you talking about? What kind of you talking I'm about? Drug trafficking? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not getting gotta... many plane tickets when the in the uh, <laughs> in the booking package there. You know? No, 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 man. It's hard, man. Well, like, like, I like feature clubs. Especially if you're featuring, bars, man. You know? They don't give a shit about your plane yeah. ticket, man. Plane. You should get the, get your ass here. Figure that shit out. Feature. A lot of places don't even give a shit about your hotel anymore. They won't. Yeah. The feature act up. It's like you. So many expectations to be a comedian. You gotta know how to use a map really well and shit. You know? Yeah. A fucking what are we explorers? What, what are, are we, we Magellan? Car- Cartographers? You know, that's no joke. Dude, have you ever been driving yeah. in, the, in the middle of some crazy state and you all of a sudden you don't get satellites or like internet anymore and it, you just go dumb, dude? You're just like, what do I do now? That my yeah, it's searching for GPS. There's places on, yeah, on like, the road, like when I'm on the road between like normal regular cities, and it's just like, how do you like what did you die out here? Like what happens? You know. What if yeah. my fucking car what stops and then explodes, who am I going to... I mean, I can't call anyone, so I'm just going to have oh, figure out how to survive myself. Fuck that. The, you club, know? the club's just going to... I'm just going to kill myself right now. The know? club's just going to book another guy five minutes before the spot anyway. Yeah, not, they don't give a shit. Be, I'm replaceable, yeah. you know? They're not going to be looking, hunting down Sammy and Bombo. Really? Where'd they go? Yeah. <clears throat> well, the features and the features are important because how's the headliner going to get there? It's true. If uh, the feature doesn't drive, <laughs> feature doesn't drive them. <laughs> so it is very important to uh, you know to uh, you know shuffling. I don't know, but you know, um, 
I mean, you take gigs. I mean, I take bar headlining gigs. What's the chance of getting a hotel room or a plane ticket with that? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's just, they're like, dude, look, you get 40 bucks and all you can drink. And I, I mean, I really tax them on that. Yeah. I really will. Yeah. Keep your 40 bucks. Bombo knows Keep how to use bucks. a free drinks tab. I will oh, yeah. punish I've seen Bombo. Bombo's a very talented in that arena. I've yeah. seen his work. Definitely. Um, yeah. what are Bars have favorite? shut down because of Bombo. <laughs> yeah. What are some of your favorite bars to headline? And well, where? I have a, I have a, uh, the bar here. I like to host it, not headline it. But here, um, you got a show here. Yeah, Turbo Tuesdays in the Valley. It's kind of like a little uh, workout room we got going for three or four years now. Consistent, man. What are the most consistent? Yeah, every every week for four years, almost three and a half. Almost and, the, and 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 always. Mikey McKernan, big shout out to Mikey McKernan. Look yeah, him up on Mikey Facebook. McKernan. He runs that gig. Always a great vibe in there. Even yeah, if is. even if it's shit go, is going wrong, always a great vibe. You can get some good laughs. Yeah, it's it's one of two things. It's either like a really fun restaurant crowd or it's a really good workout for an empty room you yeah. know mm-hmm. so yeah exactly i mean it's always going to be and, and you know it's a good, a good thing about a, a show like that in la is you can always bring you know a bunch of comedians and yeah. they'll at least sit and it's th- not like i don't know people come in well kelly ann's the bartender she's really she's awesome you'd have to go there you'd understand okay Maybe I will. I'm always yeah, looking for something on a Tuesday. Yeah. And you, if, uh, just hit me up, man, if you want time. Or do you sure. do comedy or just do you do a uh, yes, podcast? Yes, I'm a stand-up. You could have, yeah, uh, yeah. just let me know whether I'm in town or not. You go. Okay. Thanks for uh, no problem. Thanks for looking me up. I looked you up. Well, I actually uh, didn't know anything. Yeah, I got a smirk from your assistant. I'll take that. <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't know. I was like, I, was, uh, I didn't know what the podcast was or anything. So. <laughs> and um. Well, I appreciate you showing up and doing it. Yeah, no and problem. And bringing it. Last time somebody didn't know what the podcast was about, I had to force, like... Well, I heard it was indoors, and I was all over that. Yeah, so. man. Sorry I don't have any AC in here yet. We'll put yeah. some AC in no, here and give this bad. place nice and cold for but, you guys. Um, oh, this is perfect, man. Good. I'm glad you guys are here. So tell me a little bit about starting out in Tempe or Arizona. I just I Tempe. never I did comedy you. in Arizona. Oh, really? No, you guys never. Here? Never. I, yeah, my first time i ever did comedy was in los angeles oh really yeah i was 29 i told myself before i turned 30 i would try it almost uh-huh. one of those rare breed um started in la comedians who yeah don't do that that's really good yeah it's the worst the that's don't how i that. did it it's, it's ridiculous. the worst it's the worst you gotta to get you gotta get a product before you go to market you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh it's, it's just not a very forgiving friendly environment to learn to do comedy and there's no such thing as like support from other comedians or no, no. It's, it's so cutthroat but people are always i want to move to la and i'm like why don't you email la you know <laughs> <laughs> send an email dude like, why you gotta move to la how long were you doing it before you started headed out on the road um, well, I lived in L.A. for two years doing open mics, you uh-huh. know, doing like the 15 open mic a week regiment. Just like Sammy said, I had the same instinct. I just didn't carry it as long or have the ability to carry it or the wherewithal to do it. But I was like, I just want to get up as much as I can. You know, yeah, once yeah. I start, once I found out I could do it, you know, um, I just wanted to get up as much as I could. And right, so right. I was like in L.A. was very good for that, for doing, you know, three, four gigs a night, you know. And what's interesting is that I I just learned this today that he's open I mics. He's, I by yeah. the way, not gigs. I didn't know I didn't know that Bombo was from L.A. until today because right after he did two years in L.A. he he did two years in the Bay Area, yeah. and oh. he didn't tell anybody who's from L.A. for a strategic pur- purpose. Correct? Yeah, you know. And so I didn't know. I didn't right. learn until I didn't. I didn't want to get today. any like weird amoeba amoeba music. <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't want to be like our amoeba is better than your amoeba. I don't want to get into that. You know? Yeah, because like, here's the th- like here's the thing about NorCal, SoCal, SoCal. It's like I don't feel like SoCal people feel a rivalry with NorCal people as much as NorCal people feel it with SoCal people. Yeah, 
Um, and I don't, I, I'm not sure exactly why that is, but I have a theory is that people move to Northern California because they want to live in California in like a city kind of area, mm-hmm. but not be in LA. I think it's they they choose the the Bay Area on purpose because they don't want to be in the LA part. Right. Because LA comes with a bunch of things that some people just don't want to be a part of. Sure. You know. Um, whereas LA people are just like I, I talked to anybody like oh you've been to San Francisco oh yeah it's so beautiful it's just, you know LA people say good things about everything so you never know who to trust <laughs> you know but uh, I had no idea that Bombo was from uh, why is LA. that a strategic move uh, I heard and I don't know I've never done the open mic at the punchline on Sunday nights but I heard she favors LA comics on that I don't know, but if well, you heard, you, yeah, if you're from out of town, you kind of have this guest pass thing. You can okay. Is that she? I don't think or? I don't think she's there. The same she anymore. It's oh, different. Okay. Was it different? The, the bookings kind of been passed down. Oh, okay. okay. Who is um, it now? Uh, I don't know, but it's not quite the uh, six months hanging out before you get mentioned. Type I think of thing. I, I think that can be advantageous for getting on shows saying hey from out of town from LA. But in terms of the personal relationships with like comedians, yeah. I think it was, I think you know I, I get why he did that mm-hmm. because I'll go to places around the country and we were just talking about this. You know, we'll go to places and uh, we'll we'll tell them we're from LA. They'll be like, oh, you're from LA. Yeah. And That's why I don't tell this weird passive aggressive intro because people <laughs> are like, oh, this next guy's from LA. People already have this package, you know? Oh, let's see how good he is. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get up there like, oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but I see I see people from LA do that though. They show up they're like, I'm from LA, and then they go up and yeah, talk to no, like, hey, LA centric. Hey, nobody gets more it. our it's fault like, than whoa. anybody else. And then yeah, like some beasts from the middle of the country are going up and it's like <laughs> just because you're from LA doesn't mean you're better than these guys, dude. Yeah, these yeah, guys yeah. are good. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And uh but I but they people have a prepackaged concept for you. You know, you're a you're a you're a hacky cliche. Mm-hmm. Uh L, you're from LA. And I'm like, I'm not even from LA, dude. Right. You know, like I come here to to promote my career just like everyone else and then yeah, I get yeah. the hell out of here as every often as I can you know what I mean and uh but people have this prepackaged you're like a douchebag and, and you're full of yourself and you wear glasses and you know you're just uh, like what they see on TV it's like dude don't you I mean that's LA people wear glasses is that a stereotype I didn't know yeah, that yeah sunglasses <laughs> oh sunglasses okay sunglasses <laughs> it's a new bro. one it's a new one thought, but yeah wow I'm getting got on the guy's sunglasses the no okay. yeah the sun's that's that big fireball thing the weird thing in the <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's Son, I will it, say this having and I maybe it's maybe you can tell me the same thing about San Francisco, uh, but having started out here and been here my whole adult life, Los Angeles has bred some really shitty comedy. Well, I think I think what and it I don't is, know if that's every that town, I just know my town. It's um, I think it's a it's a law of large numbers thing is that you have a big enough group of, of people, mm-hmm. there's going to be some extreme good ones and ex- some extreme bad ones. Um, that and also LA attracts people with a lot of ambition mm-hmm. and ambition takes a lot of energy which can detract from talent. Wow. So there's a lot of people who are very talented who, who don't have the energy to be ambitious because so, their energy is all directed to their talent. So like, it's like usually great success cases are people who have a good amount of both, mm-hmm. but LA draws that ambition so naturally, it's going to be uh, kind of biased towards a lot of people who are just not naturally talented. Mm-hmm. And that's not, you know, it's not being pessimistic. I just think it's being realistic in that you look at people in L.A., they have a very good business sense. Right. And you look at people like in San Francisco, for example, San Francisco, a lot of very artistic, very creative people, horrible business sense. Yeah. So I, it's a it, it, it kind of there's kind of that 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 dichotomy. I love the fact that you said I'm not trying to be pessimistic when yeah. you just said had the most positive response to the most pessimistic <laughs> knee jerk thing I've ever said in my life yeah. <laughs> comedy well actually and then <laughs> well, I think LA, everybody sucks we were all hacks it's fucking over I think LA you gotta just cater to the 
you know, the crowd's always a bunch of other comedians, so you got to do some stuff that maybe doesn't work as good. That's another thing. Crowd, See, there's a lot know. of reasons behind it. I think you're, it's, first of all, they're the getting amb- pigeonholed into the the, what will make the, the, the sh- uppity comics. The laugh. shitty quality so, of yeah. stage time, which mm-hmm. Bombo's yeah. referring to, mm-hmm. the, you, you know, you get out of the Hollywood bubble, you get better shows, but yeah, yeah. sometimes people who kind of work exclusively the Hollywood area, you're going to get tainted. I mean, either it's going to be bad crowds where you're used to pleasing comics, mm-hmm. or which is, which is I call open mic syndrome, which yeah. happens amongst a lot of open micers. Um, and then there's also just the fact that there's industry people here, people from the uh, you know agents, managers, people from TV. They are, they're tainted. They yeah. have a certain view of comedy. They're exposed mm-hmm. to it all the time. They're not going to respond the same way. This is what comedy is supposed to look like. And yeah. if it doesn't look like this, start changing it so it yeah. does look like that. I mean, I can't tell you how many people are like, well, why don't you just do this? And I'm like, this then, is my art. That's right. why, you know, this yeah, is what yeah. I do. And it works really well for me. Why would I... You know, why do you want me to be like every other guy that's going up there talking about his life? You know, I, I don't get me wrong. I like a good storytelling comic, but I go, that's the, there's room for all kinds of different comics. No, LA's absolutely. like, no, this is what a comic looks like. This is how they act. They're more salesmen than comic. Yeah. You know what I mean? And LA is strict on form. You do that. LA yes. values form. That's presentation form, exactly. is key. You mm-hmm. see someone from LA, they usually have great stage presence. Their act is very polished, mm-hmm. and they they you know they do a lot of physical animation. You know they have a character, mm-hmm. um, and then like but content is not always there. It's not, it's not always strong. Yeah, you know yeah. the writing is not always there. It's not always strong. So I think like I think the, in LA comedy, if you could distinguish it in general, would you say it's a lot of focus on presentation? Mm-hmm. Now it's great, but there's it. so many great yeah. writers here, so many great people. I'm just saying the kind of you can get caught up in a certain uh, uh, like kind of a whirlwind here if sure. you're just focusing exclusively on LA mm-hmm. um, you know but that's it the, the people who like from all around America comedians who all around America who, who become really good will come here eventually yeah. so for that reason you have the best and the worst comedians you know what I mean by a law of large numbers so. <laughs> I mean LA is like a hammer you know it's really it's a really good tool and it'll smash you know really break a lot of things up for you but sometimes you know you can't just use a hammer on everything right. you know what I mean right. <laughs> so it's like it's, like, it's a that's great analogy but I've never like, thought of it this like might that. be the most quotable podcast I've ever had <laughs> yeah. like, it's, it's yeah. so many well it's just really it's like really I mean if you sit in LA you will get stronger and stronger and stronger but you also might get bitter and bitter and sure. bitter oh yeah that's the other and thing and sometimes you have to learn to be a you know um, a, you know something that can walk around glass when you get a crowd that isn't bitter Mm -hmm. but see and and the thing is what's interesting is that you can you look at New York which also has a lot of comedians at open mics and like people get that open mic syndrome but there's so many good shows in New York with like real crowds and people from all over the world and people are so smart and receptive over there Mm -hmm. that it breeds good comedy because people get a chance to really work real people what was speaking of which what was the farthest uh, your thousand days took you uh, Canada. Well, anyway, even that's not the furthest. I guess from if you start from L.A., yeah. I went to uh, Edmonton. Okay, that was the only inter- international thing I did. It was okay. a one night thing. I did Hawaii. Oh, nice! Uh, wow, did, there's not a lot of stage time in Hawaii. No, 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 no. I did three, made it, made it happen in that's great. Honolulu three days in a row. It was my vacation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I did uh, you know the East Coast in New York mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, so I, I I forget how many states, but probably not, probably only like twenty four states or something like that across right. the, the the whole streak. I'm gonna ask Sammy a question, yeah. but I'm gonna yeah, you can yeah. think about this while uh, worst bar gig you headlined. Think about that while I ask worst what bar gig you've headlined. Worst. So think about that while I ask Sammy this question. Okay. Um, 
man, I forgot what I was going to say. Locked Sammy, it worst in, gig you know, it's weird. I, I, I often freeze up when I get asked the worst gig question because I feel like I've done so many horrifying, traumatic gigs. Right, right. It takes me back to a place of pain <laughs> where I just, I'm confused and I remember all these horrifying things that happened. I don't remember which one was the worst because sure. they're all bad. But I usually, I have some classic examples from the streak mm-hmm. of, of things went wrong. And I, for instance, the headlining one, there's this place called Ireland's 32 in San Francisco. Did you ever go there, Bombo? Yeah. Ireland's 32. So it was an open mic for a little while. It was run by this guy, Justin Harrison, who's my friend, Soccer. comedian, promoter. And he would let me like close out like the long open mics. He'd let me do extra time at the end. Oh, nice. And so there was a time I went. It was like, you know, uh, January 2011, beginning of the streak. First, I mean, <laughs> first like 20-something days, mm-hmm. you know. I should have taken this as a sign. Um, but <laughs> his place and everybody in there is really drunk and Irish and mm-hmm. like you know, having a good time. And, and Irish like, frat soccer hooligans. Yeah, Ooh. that's a good way of... Yeah. I looked it up. It's called Ireland's 32. I look, well, why, the, why the number 32? I looked it up because there's like 32... Uh, districts in the IRA and so it's like people when they put 32 in an Irish okay. name it's very like a very militant Irish bar oh wow yeah if you ever see 32 it's like they're going to be extra Irish oh. you know what I mean it's like 100 proof like right, you know right, what I right. mean so uh, I, I went in there and you know um, like they're heckling people are heckling comics mm-hmm. but it's like still can be a fun room violently heckling violently heckling so I get on stage I'm doing my jokes this guy me and this guy are going at it and I'm just letting him do it and I'm fucking going back at him we're mm-hmm. talking shit it's friendly banter in a way but was you know we're talking shit to each other and then at some point a, a shoe flies and hits me in the face what violent heckling he shows, throws a fucking <laughs> shoe at me who are you, you know? hillary clinton yeah huh? yeah huh? right 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 <laughs> but back then it was there was the bush topicality it was oh, like a yeah, bush yeah, guy yeah, yeah. Oh, you know okay. so there was that and like and then i'm like okay whatever so i go back i hold his shoe i don't fucking give it to him right, right. i keep doing my show and then everything's good. He's laughing again. We're having a good time. We're having a good time. And another fucking shoe comes up. And it fucking there. I, but I, I duck. I miss it. Sure, time. sure. You know what I mean? It's fool me once. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I hold both of his shoes. Uh, oh, same guy. On stage. Same guy. Same okay. guy. No, guy. this is not. We're not having some one like shoe Susie's a, in yeah. here. We have a one guy with no shoes. Okay. <laughs> and so I hold his shoes. I say, I'm not fucking giving these back until you apologize. And mm. then he, I mean, he apologized. He can't. He gave me a hug. You know, I think he realized he didn't want to walk home barefoot. Right. You know? Well, that's the same story uh, I can tell about my son. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck a shoe at me. You're not getting it back till you apologize. And then we hug. You maybe uh, maybe, maybe we I'm related to this guy. I don't know. <laughs> you know, but that was um, that. That's a classic example because being, it, having a shoe thrown at you is violent. That yeah, it's horrible. disrespectful. It's odd. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's unexpected. You know, so I don't remember who it was, but me and Justin Harrison had to like defend somebody from those guys. They were trying to like beat him up because of what he said on stage mm-hmm. outside. Mm-hmm. And the all the, all they would do to me is I'd be like having whatever set whatever, and they just go fuck off, you cunt. Yeah, like over and over again. <laughs> I was just like, okay, dude. <laughs> Apparently, that's a yeah, huge yeah, yeah. punchline in Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sick of hearing it almost. That's funny because yeah. we have a segment on the show, things that have been thrown at you. So you covered two really? topics in one. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Am I not allowed to cuss? I forgot that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yeah, course, yeah. man. Yeah. That's all right. I'll only do it in reenactment because it's verbatim quote. Okay. Have you had clean, any, have clean, anything thrown at guy, you, Bombo? Bombo? Um, just no. Just, never had anybody throw anything. I did uh, get in a fight. Did you ever once. throw anything at anybody? No. You got in a fight? Yeah. Well, That's I got attacked. Rough. Like uh, I got off the stage. Charged the stage? No, he charged me when I was getting off the of stage. Oh, what happened? Well, there was just uh, uh, three gentlemen in the corner of a bar one night, and they were heckling everyone and really bad and like all drunken. 
foreign language heckling. I don't know. It wasn't like, it was just like incoherent. You know, it wasn't sure. anything. It was just right, obscenities. Right. And, uh, and they were just ruining the show. And it just did really, you know, kind of upset me by the time I got up there. So I just really let into them, you know, in a uh, comedy way. But usually I try to stick to the script. And I just, I just really tore these guys up, basically. Uh, like like about their mothers basically right, yeah, yeah. i was like really dirty and low but i was just sick of these guys and the whole bar was laughing at them and they shut up and they couldn't say anything and when and they, when they got off stage they just tried to like jump me Oof. yeah until one of them got just knocked up did you knock him out Dude, i had some homeboys with me that they probably didn't count on and, um, <laughs> you know what i mean i run with kind of the rough crew and they're probably the wrong dude to mess with really you know take the jacket off and start, start running fool but uh they weren't you know they were just drunk uh uh, Idiots. I just don't think they knew who uh, that I had some friends there, and they tried to jump me. And turns out they were outnumbered. Uh, let me at them. No. So, but we didn't we didn't stomp him or nothing. We just the one guy, like my my homeboy, just kind of like side when he saw him charging at me. He just kind of just came over and just erased him from the equation side real quick. Him. And the other dudes were like, "Whoa, we're cool." Yeah. Just tackled him. You know. Just, yeah. yeah pushed him really hard to the floor like he was a giant man and mm -hmm. he was like no and that that's the only only time i've ever had anything else i've always been able to really um resolve before i get off stage or yeah. say it in a way that where i'm like i'm just kidding i apologize you know whatever you know but i really don't like to go vicious on people ever i don't and only reason i did that was um to defend the other comedians because I was the host and sure. the show was starting to suck because yeah, of these yeah. guys and I had to do it. You know? Yeah, man, going vicious is like the last resort as far as I'm concerned when it yeah. comes to dealing with a heckler. I've seen hecklers <clears throat> cry and run out of the building. I go, I don't want to do that ever. You know, they paid to see me make them laugh. I mean, as a re last resort, I guess, but I, I just think there's a, if you can win them over, that's what's really rewarding. Yeah. You know? If you can win the crowd over, you can definitely use a heckler as a tool. I've been saved by hecklers before where mm -hmm. it's just my jokes weren't working at all. And then this riffing with this heckler, they were like, okay, well, you still get paid. So. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not even the worst gig I had. The worst gig I ever had was in Ventura, California, and it's Billy O's, right? And this, uh, I guess it was technically an open mic, I should say that. So it wasn't really a headlining gig, so I wasn't involved in it. But mm -hmm. it was the... Um, Billy O's, is it in the near the club there in nah, Ventura, or is it by no, the water? No, it's, it's on the main street. It's like an Irish bar, like okay. a dive bar. It's not a place to go unless you... At least take a pocket knife with you or something. It's <laughs> pretty much the moral of this uh, episode is stay away from Irish bars. <laughs> it's a rough. It's, you know, it's not even an Irish thing though. It is an Irish bar. It's just a Ventura thing. Adelphi, they're pretty territorial up there, and um, you know, there's some rougher characters going around that bar sometimes. So mm -hmm. just you know, I just wouldn't go there like like on a Groupon or something. But um, <laughs> what, I, what I would do is. Uh, I, but they had an open mic there, and I knew there was trouble because I showed up and no one signed up for an open mic. And I came up from LA, you right. know, where I was in town from LA, and I'm like, I've never seen no one in an open mic. I'm used to all these yeah, floods. Yeah. And anyways, I, I said, hey, I'm a comedian, you know. It's, and they go, yeah, man, you could have as much time as you want. And then it just starts. Oh, this guy thinks he's a comedian. Uh, this yeah. guy's gonna go try to make us laugh. And it yeah. just spread around the bar, dude. And yeah. when I went up there, they're all two guys run out of the back, right? And these are just like drunken, just like tattooed back like crazy dudes and they run out with those styrofoam heads from those guys at the uh the muppets that sit up in the banister uh, uh, Waldorf and Statler. 
Yeah, Waldorf. I didn't know that was their names. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Waldorf. Oh, Waldorf and uh, Stadler. <laughs> huge styrofoam heads on and just start going, you're a faggot. You're a gay. You love the dick. And I'm just like, oh, God, it's coming from these weird foam heads <laughs> that are sitting like two feet in front of me. And like this girl was playing fucking... Uh, punchlines all night you know like boom she wanted to do oh, that she was doing rim shots yeah i said she could do it okay. she was like can i do that i go well anything goes here let's try it and she just was just like ADD'd out just like playing the drums like waving at her friends and stuff <laughs> and i just sure, eventually you, sure I, you weren't on acid yeah i know <laughs> sure this is and i just stood there after a while it was like <laughs> this is the most entertained i've ever been on stage and these guys i mean it, it was uh and i thought you know that'll go that'll you know what it's it was. I was really, I was young in my uh, career, and I was really um, taking, you know, bombing hard back then, uh-huh. or harder than I, I, I cared back then. Um, I didn't realize that you had to bomb, you know. Sometimes, yeah, you yeah. Know, I just, I, I took it like there's something wrong with me when I would bomb. So I took that like extra, extra hard. But do you ever think that maybe you hated you know, bombing so much because your name is Bombo and you had no? Like, but that's why steam issues. That's why. That's why I call it's a deep. It's actually bomb zero. Um, <laughs> if you want to, math major, right? Never bombs. <laughs> it's mispronouncing it. Bombo is bomb zero. <laughs> Uh, if that was true, I would be bomb one after that uh, Billy O's, <laughs> yeah. Billy O's mic. That was that was tough. And there you go. And I mentioned you on the podcast because that's how much I was pissed off back then. But I guess it turned out to be an okay story. Yeah, not a bad one. I liked it. Yeah. Um, was there besides three six days three sixty five? Was there a standout day for you on your thousand days? Was there? Oh, and there were so many standout yeah. days. Um, you know, but if I could describe, if I could sum it up in a nutshell. Um, you know, the first 365 days kind of just breezed by. Mm-hmm. And then when I decided I was doing the 1,000 Days thing, at the same time, I was in the America's Got Talent competition. Mm-hmm. So I became very consumed in that. Um, I made it to the Vegas round. Okay, um, Howard Stern gave my set praise, like Sharon Osbourne and Howie Mandel weren't fans of it. Uh-huh. Um, but it was a really cool thing that happened. I filmed that. I thought it was going to be my first um, TV credit. But then I got eliminated in Vegas, mm-hmm. and I was really sad about that because I was work. I worked four hundred plus nights to, I, you know, I thought I was seasoned enough to to get it, and then I didn't. So I was sad about that. It's like you know, you work this hard and you can't even advance in this competition, right. you know. And then and then they cut my segment for the TV, so they don't they don't show my um, audition set mm-hmm. um, that I had in St. Louis when Howard Stern praised me. They don't show that on TV, so I was like, well. You know, that's sad. They only show me for eight seconds in Vegas, which is fine. I got a TV credit out of, out of sure. it, but it's like a minor TV credit. So that happened, and I was kind of sad about that, but that led me to like kind of reinvent my set. Like I trimmed out all this fat for my set. Mm-hmm. I started doing a lot shorter jokes. And not saying that like that was like the style that I should be doing, but it helped me tighten up my set um, so that I could start practicing for a TV set. Awesome. And then um, I worked on that for a while, and then I, I broke up with my girlfriend, who I was with like the first two years of the streak, pretty much. We broke up, and I was like depressed. Like mm-hmm. I was, I kind of went off the radar for a while, even though I wasn't. I was still doing shows sure. every night in my head. I was like kind of off the radar. So I was depressed for a few months, and then I um, suddenly uh, booked a bunch of colleges. I did this mm-hmm. NACA showcase, and I booked like 100 colleges. Awesome. So I suddenly like went up. My, my income went up to like something I wouldn't have expected <laughs> anytime soon after being broke for years. Assistant income. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Brian and Brian's very happy about that as well. What is income? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> five the five dollars we made yesterday. Oh uh, yeah. That? Got to have some side income too. Killing it. So that happened. LA so all paid. of a sudden I had money. I was still depressed. Mm-hmm. And um, but just still performing every night. And then I took this medication for acne and it had all these bad side effects. I was getting anxiety attacks. Mm-hmm. My hair was falling out. My skin was all uh, getting sensitive to the sun. Mm-hmm. And I started like having hot flashes and going crazy. Plus the stress. This was around the 900s. So all this shit was happening. I was still depressed. I had this weird physical thing going on. And I was stressing out from the streak. And um, at the same time, I was trying to promote the hell out of the streak. I had, the, right. I had 100 days. I was like, I have 100 days to publicize this. Try and like see if it leverages me anything. So all these things are culminating at the time. And I'm like ready to explode. I like fucking, I went crazy. The last 100 days are like a blur because I just went nuts. Like I, I was doing shows every night. But like all, I, the whole time I was just like, it felt like it was a nightmare pretty much. Sure. Because I, I was in physical pain the whole time. Uh, during the 900s, I was I was going crazy, man. I was having anxiety attacks, like mental breakdowns every day. I was just like, why? What am I? What the fuck am I doing? And then yeah. I was like, I ha- it was like it was a combination of what the fuck am I doing? Why the fuck am I am I in pain? Because this, I'm telling you, this medication. People don't understand how big of a deal this was to me. Because I'd be blurbing about it to everybody. People like, like you're you're stressing out. It's a streak, man. Mm-hmm. It's a streak. It's not the medication. But it was a fucking medication because I was going to these doctors that prescribed it to me, these dermatologists, and they were defending it like, oh, that never happens. But I'm looking online and it's like these people like, oh, my hair fell out and it never came back. Like my skin is permanently damaged. Jeez. Like I'm having anxiety attacks. It ruined my life. And I'm like, I'm feeling these people's pain. That's what I'm going through. And then, like, I'm having all these weird, like, every day feels like there's someone jamming an ice pick in my head. I was mm-hmm. having all these weird reactions. I had to stay out of the sun. It was a hot summer of 2013. I'm out on the road doing colleges in a row. I lose my ID on the road. Oof. I have it's to, the worst. I have to rent my car. I have to rent cars, and I have no idea. So I'm bumming bus rides. Like, my head was ex- going to explode. That's what I felt like in, in August, like the last 30 days. And then. There was a day where I was like, fuck it. Like, maybe I'm just going to quit comedy. Like, I had a bad set at the Hollywood Improv. Mm-hmm. And the next day, I get an email from the booker of Conan saying, hey, do you want to do yeah. Conan on the last day? And that's when all of a sudden I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah. what? This is. So you decided not to quit. It was, it was so <laughs> weird because it was like the thing that I'd want. And not that I wanted to be on Conan specifically. I just wanted, I wanted this kind of like recognition or mm-hmm. this ability to, ha- to be on TV. For so long. I wanted it so long. I wanted it back at day one. I was already three and a half years in when I right. started this. Like I wanted it a long time ago. And I it was the thing that I've always been dreaming when it would happen. And then it came that day, the day where I was so displaced, so fucked up that I was ready to leave comedy. Mm-hmm. So just seeing that was just like I was like at zero. I was like, all right, I'll stay in. You right. know? It was like whatever. Right. I didn't even care that much, but it was enough to keep me doing it. And so I kept doing it, working on my set. And then, like the last, um, you know, twenty days, things got a little bit better. Uh, I was, you know, I was now I wasn't on the road anymore, and I was like focused, and I was getting all this press. I was like on Playboy Radio, mm-hmm. and I was uh, in the New York Times, and all these Time Magazine, all these things came up from the help of my publicist. People were finding out, and then my Conan appearance went well, which was crazy because I had a dream like a hundred days before, before I even knew I was booked on Conan, I had a dream that I was on Conan and I fucking bombed <laughs> and I ate shit and then it was like a nightmare. Huh? Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is when I was having my anxiety attacks and then I, I'm on the show, day 998 and it goes really well and um, then the last three days I have like headlining shows, San Francisco mm-hmm. and LA and it was like the, the final days of my streak, you know, like I pack out Largo here in LA and I sell out the punchline in San Francisco and it was like very redeeming. Awesome. It was very, very redeeming. But like then it ended and I was just like, 
what the fuck just happened? Right. <laughs> it was just like a shock. I took 10 days off yeah. to like recuperate and stuff. And now I'm looking back on it like, man, that was a fucking crazy time. Yeah. But I was like, those last, I mean, the last 300 days were really rough, but the last 100 days, like they were just, that was where everything seemed to happen all at once. Right, right. Well, awesome. Well, man, I just want to thank you guys. I'm sorry I got to cut it short today. Thank I got you so much for having me. This back was great. Out, man. Bono, really, it was great to meet you, buddy. Really ease my podcast anxiety. Yeah, yeah. And Sammy, obviously great to meet you. Where thank can we find you guys? Uh, so hit me up on Facebook, Bombo Belford. Uh, okay. Love to be your friend. Twitter <clears throat> handles, same. Okay. On Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff, same. My last name is Obeyed, O-B-E-I-D. And, um, you know... So we're just, you know, we're around doing shows and stuff. Awesome. You know what I mean? Every Tuesday night, UBG. Turbo Free Tuesdays, comedy. man. Turbo Tuesdays. Tuesday. Excellent. My, my show, yeah. yeah, Mikey McKernan's produces it. Awesome. I mean, like, why, you know, honestly, you come you pay to see us at a show. But, like, honestly, if you want, just come to a fucking open mic. Just and come to that because it's do our new shit. And you know what I mean? And everybody's loose. And, you can be there you know. when we first do that joke that's yeah. going to. That's actually One a good day, pitch man. for an open mic, man. I never really thought about well, it. Well, we have to mic. pitch open First mic. Thought, it's not an open <laughs> mic. That's what he so. said. That's what he said. I'm well, only quoting Sammy. It feels it's like an open, open mic, mic but it feels like it most of the time. Shopping. But whatever, man. Every mic is open if you think sure. about it. Don't I don't show do up, fucking closed. Sign up. I don't <laughs> do closed mics. You know what I mean? Closed mic is a mic that's turned off as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, not an open mic. But it is a fun show. We get a lot of, just a lot of, you know, it's not... The local guy, I mean, we get a lot of traffic through there. We get a lot of names and stuff coming through. A lot awesome. of good comedy going down. So, I mean, it's just something in L.A. that's fun that's a little more normal than if you don't want to go to some club and do, like, the whole weird weird bringer thing. Sure. You know. Great, man. So come on down. Well, guys, thank you for coming. Uh, I really appreciate it. I really do. I'm glad, hey, thank we, glad you we finally so much, put it man. together, man. I really appreciate and, it. And uh, time. We can do it again anytime. I'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Let's go. I'm in town for a while, listeners. So um, SoCal people, I'll be Irvine, San Diego, Ice House, like the usual gigs. And then... Um, Coming back to Vegas, and but that's not till June. So uh, like us on the Facebook, write a review on iTunes. Um, shoot me an email if you got any suggestions or any other comics you want to hear from. And uh, as always, Bumble man. Bumble Belford. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks a lot. Thank you. You want to know about life on the road? It's these tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and these fights, cancel flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette. <laughs> Drunks in the front making out for your set. And middle acts doing blow more missing merch. And drive the rental car past another mega church. And juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon.